Welcome to another episode of Prescription for Life. My name is Linda Gallick. I'm the health and well-being consultant at Bell and Health, and I am so pleased to be joined today with the Vice President of Business and Community Health at Bell and Randy Van Stratton. Hi, Randy. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm good. You know, this is my first podcast really? ever. So I'm a little nervous. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> We're breaking new ground today. Yes, yes. How fun is that? I always like to do that. <laughs> you like trying different stuff, right? Exactly. Like, sure. Exactly. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, just so our audience learns a little bit about you, um, tell us about your role here at Bellin, maybe some history and, and how you got to that role. Because I know that you have been with Bellin for a good number of years. Yeah. Yeah. I've. I started here at Bellin when music was really great, and that was the <laughs> 1983? early- 1983? <laughs> 1981, <laughs> actually. 1981. And you know what's interesting is you never think that you're going to uh, end up making a career out of the place that you work at to put yourself through college, and that's what I did. I started mm -hmm. here- uh, in um, housekeeping and laundry in 1981 to put myself through college. Nice. But as I reflected back, you know, you think about that. Um, in those type of roles, I really got to know the organization. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in every nook and cranny of the organization, mm -hmm. from scrubbing the floors in the kitchen to sterilizing walls in the surgeries area to wow. delivering laundry all over the place, both sorting dirty laundry, delivering clean laundry. So really... Getting to know the organization and 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 what we did, and then um, my role evolved uh, to um, the next part was I really got to know people too because an opportunity came up to work in our uh, little corporate fitness center we had at the time. Oh yeah, um, we had a little fitness center, and I was in the I'll never forget this. I was in the Bellin uh, volleyball league. We had a volleyball league, and our referees kept uh, kept leaving. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I could ref volleyball. There's a need here. So I actually, uh, another lesson at Bellin was raising your hand to offer assistance uh, opens up doors. Ah. Raising your hand. And so I, I rose my hand and uh, I said, you know, I'll ref volleyball, but I'd really like to work in the little fitness center here. And they had a need for a ref. And so I started refing. And I actually moved from housekeeping into working in the fitness center. And that's where my love for exercise physiology, health and well-being really started mm -hmm. at that point, um, working in our little fitness center, which ended up growing into the um, community fitness center because we had a member come in one day and said, say, you know what, why isn't this place open to the community? And oh, yeah. so we responded to that need and uh, her name was Rosemary Hinkfis, uh, mm -hmm. a community member here um, since passed, but um, just a wonderful lady. Learned a lot from her uh, as a community member, and I think that's probably set my path in community work. Um, and then another uh, opportunity that happened was actually an accident, um, and that was uh, uh, I, I got involved after I got interested in health and well wellness. I started training for the uh, – I, I decided – to run the bell and run without really training. <laughs> so that was in the early 80s. I ran the bell and run, and uh, I did just miserable. It was I was <laughs> sick the whole day after oh, it. No. I ended up, I think, walking the last mile. And um, after that race, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment to myself. I'll make a commitment that I'm going to train. I'm going to do really well this next year in the bell and run. 
So I worked at it. I trained. I, you know, I ran the course. Mm -hmm. I trained. Uh, and um, about a week before the race, um, my um, leader at the time came to me, and she was a VP. And Joanne said, uh, Randy, I can't work my corner. Um, I need you to work my corner as a oh, volunteer. Oh, no. So I'm sitting there going, I just like trained for to months. Run and and, and months. I'm sitting in my head. I can go back <laughs> to that moment and I can, I can, I think back and I go, and I said, okay, I'll work your corner. Um, but I was really disappointed. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought, well, I'm going to, make the best of this. So I went and worked this corner directing traffic at the corner of Kalb and Libel. That's by Miracle Field down okay. there. I'll never forget mm -hmm. this. Had a blast, saw a lot of friends, gave some high fives, shouted encouragement, held back traffic, and that was that. Well, about two weeks later, I get invited to our, um, our leader's, uh, uh, the leader of the hospital and the race director's office, George Kerwin. And, he, and so I'm thinking, why did I did I do something wrong at the corner? So I got invited to the race director, and he's a senior leader at Bellin at the time. And uh, they asked me to be on the race committee. So here I am then on the race committee, and that's how I got started in community wellness. Mm -hmm. And that's why I call myself the accidental race director <laughs> because I didn't think about it, but I ended up moving into a leadership role with the Bellin Run. And the team, we grew the run from 2,000 participants up as high as 20,000 participants mm -hmm. through our community mm -hmm. efforts. Absolutely incredible. So what I'm hearing from so much of what you said there is just the ability to seize opportunities, be open, be willing to look at what's available, and it can take you amazing places. Absolutely. I think that's a key is raising your hand in this day and age, mm -hmm. but then also understanding the entire organization. You know, I knew the organization uh, through the facilities. I knew the organization from working in the fitness center, getting to meet many of the staff and leaders in the organization, uh, and then listening and understanding what opportunities there were out there. Awesome. So cool. So cool. So I want to talk a little bit more about our Lifesaver Wellbeing topic for January is wellness at work. And because you are really the original creator, <laughs> in my mind, when we look at the business and community health division, that was something that you created back in the day. So tell me about that. Like, what did that look like then? Um, what, what drew you to begin working on that? And then, of course, how has that evolved to, to what we have today? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, there's plenty of team members that helped with this, and I think I was just the one that answered the phone. Mm. I answered the <laughs> phone, and uh, what happened was um, I was working in the community health and well-being space, and uh, Bellin, in the early 2000s, we had a crisis in our health uh, insurance renewal rate. We were getting a renewal rate of 30%. Oh, wow. 30% increase, wow. which would have basically wiped out our bottom line at that time on a $10 million spend. And this mm -hmm. was in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. We also had a new competitor coming into town, too. So we needed to protect the relationships we had with our employees. So this all is happening at the same time. And I'll never forget this. It was a Friday afternoon. My phone's ringing. I look at it. I pick up the phone. Back when you had a desk phone, you oh, pick it up. Oh, yes, with a cord uh, and yeah, everything. Cord. Yes. And uh, it's, um, you couldn't even see who was calling back right, then, right? Right, right. There <laughs> you was, just you didn't even know. Phone. So you just blindly pick up the phone back then. <laughs> and 
it's Dave Albrecht, and he's our CFO. And um, it's Friday afternoon, about two o'clock. It's that you know June July time frame, and I'm thinking, well, what does he want? He know he knows I don't golf. <laughs> he's not calling me to go golfing. And he said, Randy, did you see the health insurance renewal rates? I said, no. And I, I'm thinking, oh, this they can't be good because why would he be calling me? He said, they're 30%. We've got to do something about this. We've got to do something for our health system and for our people here. And that was really the start of working with workplace wellness because here's what happened. We we're facing a 30% increase. But at the time, and just to be totally transparent at that time, we did not know um, our health needs of our organization. Mm -hmm. We did not know mm -hmm. the health needs of the individuals in our organization. We just got a bill and basically paid it. Yeah. And so we needed to roll up our sleeves, pull a team together, and understand this. And I, if I look back, it was really three things. It was um, looking at the data. What was the data telling us? Okay. Looking at the design, how are we designing our health plan and our benefits, right, to remove barriers, to help mm -hmm. people? And then how do we direct people to the right path? Mm -hmm. So those three things really is what we worked on. And we ended up that next year having a 27% decrease. Oh, wow. Well, that's what our board oh said. Oh, my goodness. That's what our board said. That's what Dave said. Uh -huh. And uh, what happened was we presented this to our board of directors who, you know, Bellin is a community-based organization, uh, locally owned, locally managed here, and ran by a local board of directors. Well, the board of directors said, uh, how did you do that? Can you come out and talk to my HR oh. division? So it was almost mm. this grassroots effort mm. where then at the time our CEO, George Kerwin, and I went and did basically a roadshow. We went out and listened to what companies' needs were, offered suggestions to them, and that was how we started business and community health in the early 2000s. So incredible. And at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't like that was standard. It wasn't like that was happening in other places that other people knew how to do that. So that was just incredible mm -hmm. that, that you figured that out at that time. It, it, was, um, it was, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> and, um, true. But what happened out of it was, and that's the other thing I love about this organization is that we're very transparent. You mm -hmm. know? Uh, mm -hmm. we, we, share, uh, we share our failures and our successes. Mm -hmm. uh, but we learn from those challenges and those failures, too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, then, especially, you know, with, with all the business partners that we have and the exposure that you've had, you know, in your career, different things that people have done, when you hear the term wellness at work, what pops into your head? What do you think that looks like, um, especially f from a successful standpoint? What do you think that entails? Well, First of all, I, I love that term because it's dual meaning, mm -hmm. you know, because it's wellness at work, meaning that it's working for an organization, right? Yeah. It's working. Ah, yes. So I look at it like that. Okay. Right? Okay. And then obviously bringing wellness into the workplace is the other piece. And um, so so that that just gets me warm and fuzzy, right? Mm -hmm. But then I also think about is – from those early days of where we've evolved to, right? And there's six main pieces that is really the recipe or the secret sauce of what we do. 
Um, and if you think about this as a driver diagram, and driver diagrams are when you have a complex situation and you break it down in a couple key things. What are the key things that can help drive results at Wellness at Work? And what we use basically are, uh, number one, it's those partnerships, having mm -hmm. partnerships at the leadership level and getting to know the organization that we're working with. What are their goals? You know, where do they see this going? But really mm -hmm. connecting with the organization, creating that partnership at the leadership level. The next piece is really understanding the culture and the community that the organization is in. You know, ev what I've learned now in dealing with, you know, hundreds and thousands of different companies throughout these years, every company is a little different and has its own community yeah. and its own mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. And us understanding that it's not a one-size-fits-all, but truly understanding the community, the diversity, the location that all of our companies are in and incorporating that in. That's a key driver, right? Absolutely. And then I mentioned this other one before. It's understanding the data and knowing what mm -hmm. data to ask for, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing the data, doing a deep dive data analysis of what's going on with the organization and um, more so not just what is going on, but what is potentially missing, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, in many cases, organizations measure, well, we had this many surgeries, this many visits. And, well, that's great. That's what's going on. But what are you accomplishing? Are you reducing gaps in care? Yeah, where uh, did that come from? Exactly. Wh what's the root of all of that? Mm -hmm. And then what's the percentages of people that are aligned with primary care? Mm -hmm. We're seeing companies to in this day and age that have up to 30 to 35% medically homeless people mm -hmm. not being managed. Um, so, so that definitely is key in understanding that data. And then obviously the next step is after you know the data is putting together that health and well-being configured solution that meets these other needs that we just talked about. The next step is that um, I'd call it safety. Safety, both being psychological safety in the environment, how mm -hmm. satisfied are the employees, mm -hmm. how comfortable do they feel at work, and then physical safety. You know, one of the one of our key wins is bringing physical therapists out into the workplace and helping uh, employees uh, actually uh, 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 resolve their issues without even a referral into a provider. Not, and I think those are in the 90 percentiles now. We're able to help oh, people right awesome. at work. So is that wellness at work? It is. Absolutely. You know? And then the last piece is wrapping this all together in a navigation platform that gets people to the, you know, first of all, removing barriers, mm -hmm. like that example I just gave. They don't have to leave the workplace, go yes. to a clinic, get a referral for a physical therapist. We're right there. We're right there, right on site, taking care of this stuff before it becomes an issue. So it's that navigation of removing barriers and getting people to the right care at the right time and at the right price. And all this comes together in helping improve health, save dollars, and create a better experience, which is known as the triple aim. Beautiful. And I think what's really exciting about all of that work is that it is, it's a big puzzle that we have the privilege and honor of working with people to put that together, to really diagnose each separate company in its own way, what they have going on, what their culture is like, what their employees are looking for. And we have the joy of, of figuring that out with them. So it's, yeah. it's really fun work, isn't it? It, it really is. It's energizing because it's mm -hmm. like solving a it's solving a mystery mm -hmm. it's solving a mystery and I love yeah. I love that getting the data together and trying to piece this together and then working with 
the leadership and the insurance brokers and putting this stuff together in a plan and then, you know, seeing it work. Yeah. And it's so gratifying, too, because knowing that we're impacting our community on a bigger level, you know, through all these different venues, just so exciting. So we're kind of coming to the end. Um, this this podcast is, is coming out in January of 2023, but um, when we're recording it, we're wrapping up 2022 here. And uh, I think we've had a pretty um, interesting last three years um, in terms of, of the COVID pandemic and some of the craziness that that has brought to our world. What do you think that has done to change the landscape? What do you think wellness at work looks like now, post, post-pandemic, shall we say, even though we know COVID is still lingering a bit? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, what we're finding also is that, you know, wellness at work, there are less people at work because yes. they're working from home. So I think that's a Absolutely. key thing. So we needed to flex, you know, we've got, lots of on-site clinics but we need to we needed to flex those uh basically to be more virtual and more near site now to get care where people were because they weren't coming through the doors of and they're still not at the same levels in many of the organizations that we're at right right? so that's a big change um the other thing that i've seen too is uh you know we've changed our delivery methods right Mm -hmm. we're doing more webinars now than face-to-face meetings Mm -hmm. people aren't gathering in meeting rooms anymore um is another piece so doing more learning webex learning town halls and and doing now my first (laughs) podcast yeah exactly bringing it to the people yeah (laughs) and then i think uh two other things that i've seen and that is i'm we're seeing i i think more flexibility and grace Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with how we interact with each other because some are virtual, some are hybrid, some are in person. Um, But then also I see more stress and uh, this accountability of being on time. Um, You know, remember back when you'd go to a meeting and you had like this five minute discussion time and maybe 10 minutes before the meeting actually got started. (laughs) But now, I mean, if you're not on a call at like, that exact time, like one minute after the meeting starts. Yes. Or people are wondering if you're not on one minute early, where are they? Did we, and I'm thinking, did, did I send out the right invite? Things like that. So I think this, there's this kind of these two things, it's kind of good and bad. There's mm-hmm. this flexibility mm-hmm. and grace though, but then there's this overlaying stress too. And well, then. Yeah. It seems like a higher level of intensity to me that we are just continually packing more and more in. And those virtual meetings kind of allow us to do that and that it's back to back to back because you don't have to worry about people traveling from room to room or building to building. And and then last week I had I had a schedule like that. And one of the meetings was in person across town. I'm thinking, how did that happen? How did I do that? This is back to the old day and now the new way. And there's a conflict here. And so I need to be really careful with my schedule and look at now scheduling travel time like we used to and things like that. So because um, it was a stressful day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to talk absolutely. on the phone while, a <laughs> while drive, you're driving. in a meeting going to the next <laughs> meeting. And that doesn't work too well with me. <laughs> Randy's always on the move. Always on the move. Well, this has been such a great discussion, Randy. Um, so just to kind of wrap up here, you know, if an organization doesn't know where to start, if, if they're having any kind of um, struggles or they really are looking to, to improve the health of their population, what do you suggest as, as a starting point for them? 
Yeah, I think um, it's understanding their own organization and looking at the data that they have, and we're willing to help with that. You know, it starts with the data and understanding where you're at today and where you want to go tomorrow and getting your senior leadership involved with this, making sure there's buy-in. And we love to, we love to help. Yeah. We actually love to help, and we love to engage with uh, um, companies, insurance brokers, too, because they are so knowledgeable in the benefit design, the overall aggregate data that comes in. And, you know, it's as simple as us doing three things together, together in a partnership. It's, number one, listening. Mm-hmm. Listening. And once we listen, co-design the solution together with all parties, come up with that solution, and then work on delivering it with accountability and then measuring the success. And then if it's going great, that's great. If it's not, let's adjust it. Do we have to wait till the end of the year to adjust it? No, there's, we can adjust it on the go too. So I think those three things, um, give us a call. We'd be happy to help out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's so many options that we have that people may not be aware of either. And we just love having conversations with people. We love really looking at things together and just helping you come up with what's going to be best for for your organization and we're really happy to do that it really it really is the joy of our work so yeah please, yeah. please reach out Ra- randy's randy's phone is is always open mm-hmm. he'll always take a call yeah well thanks for the opportunity today well Linda. thank you randy what a great what a great conversation i hope that everyone in, enjoyed this uh please like and share this podcast share it with people that you think it it may be helpful for and uh until next time